Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with a sick, by the with a cold, by the way, um, and Da Puma, uh, coming to you live from the Pro Football Radio Amphitheater in Shelton, Connecticut. <laughs> Jay, you don't need to sound so depressed. Listen, he's a walking wounded right gone. now. He should be on the, uh, you know, the, inj- the injured reserve list, but uh, he's powering through. We're at episode 45. We're pushing through to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's insight. We're about what, like a week away? Two weeks away from the Super Bowl. Away. Yeah, two oh, yeah. weeks I mean, away. Yeah. yeah. Pro Bowl. Yeah. And people, listen, too. before you even get started, listen, I'm going to cough. It's not going to be a professional podcast. We're not like that. We don't turn mics off. Hey, we didn't take you, days off. Exactly, we right? Off. Listen, we could have easily mailed it in. I could have been like, sick card, sick card. You know what I'm saying? I we can't. don't have to talk about the Super Bowl yet. Exactly. So listen, we love you guys so much. We're here for you. We're here for you. And I got to uh, give a quick shout out to my boy, Mike DeHammer Time. Hammer Time. Was it Mikey P, right? Mikey, Mikey P. P. Yeah, yeah. I Mikey was... P. Saw him last week out there in California. Yeah, all the Van Nuys people. Good, good, man. People are doing good out there. Um, pretty awesome. My buddy Dan, he was making a joke that we should put our uh, shout-outs towards the end of the show. Because sometimes he'll just listen to the shout-out, get his name, and then be like, all right, I'm done with this. You know what? <laughs> We're going to lead the show with the shout-outs, man. Give props. Yeah, well, that's that's Dan though. Dan's always about consolidating time and making sure you know yeah, <laughs> he gets onto well, his craft. Love, love, love me some Dan. Yeah, so. but um, but Mikey P, man, I'm a, congratulations, brother. Your team is in the Super Bowl. Uh, I know you're ecstatic. Um, the Super Bowl is set, like the Puma said. Um, the Chiefs will be playing the Ray. Oh, not the Ravens. Wow, man, that Nyquil is <laughs> kicking in. Brother. Exactly. I'm on medicine. I'm sorry. Chiefs versus 49ers is going to be this year's Super Bowl. Down in South Beach, Miami. Was that 305? That's where Pitbull's from, right, Mister 305? Yeah, Mister 305. Worldwide. Mister Worldwide. Call you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man. Uh, great. Uh, you know, as usual, we'll do is we'll bullshit for a quick second. Um, we'll get into championship weekend. Uh, we'll discuss the Titans versus the Chiefs, and then we'll discuss the 49ers and the uh, the Packers. And then we'll talk uh, just a quick little tease on the Super Bowl because next week's show is going to be a full breakdown of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to get too deep into it. Uh, the podcast the podcast today might be a little short. Uh, we have two topics. Uh, bullshit for a little bit. We'll see how long we can go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. But you know, before we get into anything, yeah, tell the people about. Your near-death experience coming back from California. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, so... I almost had to get a new host. I was about to have to call Freddie, call, 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 you know, call Justin, Tuha Buta, get Jeff in here. I was about to look for other people. What happened? You replaced me that quick, bro? I mean, listen, if listen, you're if dead, I, if I if somehow... you're dead... Well, I mean, come on now. Brennan, I wouldn't want that bullshit of I'd want you to be happy and move on with the podcast. I'd want you to destroy the podcast. That's how petty I am, brother. You know, all I'm right? just saying. You almost died <laughs> listen, before Super Bowl. Listen, let me let me tell you some story, all right? I, myself, am not a religious person, right? Uh, I grew up, um, and around 15 years old, I walked away from religion um, because, listen, it just wasn't for me, right? My, my parents forced it on me. Um, they're devout Muslims. Um, they forced it on me. They tried to brainwash me. Um, and and for, you know, for a while there, I was playing their game. But eventually, you make your own decisions on life and your own theories on life. And, and you decide to do what's best for you, right? But I will say last week, I went back to the faith. Oh, shit. You believe that shit? 
I, I mean, I didn't believe it when you told me the first time. So, like, <laughs> tell the people what happened. So, listen, uh, the, the whole day was kind of a, uh, just like a fucked up day, right? Um, so, this is Friday. Friday, I leave the office in California in Van Nuys around, I would say, what was it, like 1.30. I had a 3 p.m. flight from uh, Burbank back to JFK. Now, I get to a Burbank, I get on the aircraft, uh, the pilot says, oh, sorry, can't go. The right engine has some fod in it, and uh, it's, it's mechanical. The aircraft can't go. So we deplane, we get back in the terminal, and uh, the funny thing is, uh, this JetBlue lady calls me, right? Um, and, and it reminded me of my old coworker, Vanessa, who would call shuttle customers at Tradewind and give them the most ludicrous options that didn't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I get off, and the JetBlue person calls me. and is like, yeah, so listen, this aircraft's not going. Uh, I know you're supposed to be departing at 3 p.m., but the best we can do is, like, 9.30 out of Burbank, which is six and a half hours later. Six and a half hours later. I'm like, no, absolutely not. That's not going to work at all, you know? So she's like, all right, well, there's another option. There's a 7 p.m. departure out of LAX. Which, listen, uh, on a Friday from Burbank to uh, to LAX, oh, my God, that's a, that's a two-hour drive with traffic. Like the, 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 <coughs> what, what freeways? So that's the freeway that cuts right through the heart of uh, of downtown LA. I believe uh, the 405? 405. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's 405. So, uh, I mean, that's a two-hour drive. So I was like, all right, fine, whatever. It is what it is. So I get I get to uh, I get into the car. I get down to LAX, and, and I'm sitting there at the terminal thinking, like, well, well, shit, like, I mean, I'm glad that we didn't, like, take off, but imagine if we did take off and the, and the pilot didn't catch it. Like, what would happen, right? So I'm going through all these scenarios, right, in my mind of, like, <laughs> shit crashing, right? Already, right? Already negative juju, right? <laughs> yep. There you go. You're about to speak it into existence, Jay. So I, so I finally get on this flight from LAX, right? And, uh, and uh, halfway across the United States in Oklahoma where nothing good happens, right? Um, we start hitting severe turbulence, right? <coughs> Sorry about that. And the turbulence was caused by that really big storm that was coming across the, the Midwest. You remember that? Yeah. We're on the tail end of it. Um, and I don't know what it was, but I don't know if these uh, these JetBlue pilots didn't properly um, get to the proper height or whatever it was. But we hit the most severe turbulence of my life, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon, I, I, I cannot explain to you for 45 minutes how terrified I was. And it's one of those things where... Um, you know, people's like baggage was flying out of the uh, the overhead compartment. Like people's drinks were flying did everywhere. The oxygen mask come down. Oxygen mask did not. If that came down, I would I would have been like, oh, oh my god, this is I'm over. Rushing the cockpit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, I'm in aviation. Maybe I can try to land this myself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right. And and what what happened with the people screaming is what really got me. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know the stats. Listen, I'm in aviation. Listen, I, as in college, I, I actually flew a little bit myself. Nothing too crazy. Just a private pilot's uh, license. <coughs> so I, both of us know the stats of crashing um, via turbulence is super low. Like, it's almost impossible. struck by lightning. Exactly, right? But this is the first time in my life where um, real fear set in and my cognitive functions weren't able to, like, like fire properly like i wasn't thinking straight i've never been in a scenario and maybe it was part of the fact that it was one o'clock in the morning and i've been up for 18 hours already right. i mean you take the the late night flight almost red eye um you work a whole day like you at that point you're so beat up you know what i'm saying and your body's drained and you're like trying to sleep and stuff um but I, i'm just saying like uh, that like i couldn't think properly i couldn't think with a straight mind and i was convinced that we we're gonna die i was i was so convinced we were gonna die brandon yeah so i you know 
decide this is a time that I turn back to Allah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I say I say myself a little prayer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, you know, I started off almost jokingly, like like an old friend, like, "Hey, hey, Allah, it's uh, it's, it's jo- been a minute, man. It's, it's uh, Jawad Chima. Listen, I've been trying to I've been trying to talk to you lately. It's just I've been really busy. I'm sorry, man. You know how it goes, man, right? You sound like the intro to Stand by Eminem, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I finish, and I finish my. <laughs> And I finished my, um, what you call it, um, my prayer to him, right? <coughs> Sorry about the coughing, guys. <laughs> I finished my prayer, and I opened my eyes, and I realized immediately my prayer's not going to be answered. And you know why? Because before all this <laughs> happened, I was on my phone, and I was scrolling through Instagram, and I was, like, watching, like, some rapper, like, YouTube, rapper video about something, right? And, like, when I paused it, um, it was like this chick twerking. You know what I'm saying? So I open my eyes, and the first thing I see that, I'm like, well, of course he's not going to grab me my goddamn wish. I'm dead now. Yep, yep. He's like, oh, all them, all them prayers? And I'm seeing, like, Cardi B twerking? Yeah, yeah. I was you like, gonna die, Jay! Yeah, it was just like, oh, my God, I can't even... <coughs> I got the goddamn prayer right, you know? So uh, luckily, um, and eventually, and listen, I'm not being, I'm, I'm not blaming the pilots. So the, they were actually did. Uh, I mean, watching the flight aware, every single time we would hit turbulence, we would literally drop sixty feet. Like, I mean, it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but in two seconds, like that, right. you feel that. You know what I'm saying? You you that's feel like that rocking. Yeah. So and that's for like forty minutes straight. Like my stomach's churning and everything. Um, these guys try to go faster, go slower, get above it, get below. Like they just couldn't do anything about it. Um, and the way I see it, um, the, the weather system was so big, there really was no way around it. You just had to kind of go through it mm-hmm. because the only other way it was, you take a hard straight North up to the Dakotas and then you take a, take a right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so luckily we made it through. I'm sitting here in one piece. Uh, I have a newfound respect, um, for the pilots that were piloting that aircraft. Um, and you know, God in general. <laughs> Dude, like you and the jet blue flights, man. It's like the lady, like we're five minutes out, or like we're <laughs> well, gonna she, die. Well, she was an ass. I mean, this this was just a <laughs> natural, you know, occurrence that you can't just really, you know. Oh, Jay, we work in aviation. You tell me you can't control weather. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously, we, get we that. can control everything. Yeah, but the but the thing is, man, like I've never been in a situation where the fear was so um, severe. Right. That like your cognitive function isn't there. Like right. you know like how people say, yeah, yeah. Over. You know how people, um, people say when you're drowning, right? Like you just you can't think anymore. You can't. Right. You can't. You know, maneuver the way you need to move, maneuver to obviously use your your feet and your hands to move forward uh, or up to the uh, uh, to the surface. But I was at a point, man, where I just couldn't like think possibly straight. Like, oh well, think back to you know sitting in you know flight training 101 at Ohio State. Like, I mean, it's it's a small percentage. It's like point zero zero four, whatever right. it is. You know what I'm saying. Right. 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 So. Yeah, man. So you're glad you didn't lose a co-host. I was gonna say I'm glad you're here. You know, love me, love me some Tuha Butat, but like I didn't really want to find you as a host. But like you gotta carry it on and be like, you know, the yeah. Pro Football Radio podcast in memory yeah. of the Chima. Chima. But yes, Puma, I am glad I have not passed away. Um, Likewise, I'm glad that you don't need to find a new, you know, podcast host. Um, but speaking of dead people. 
Have you watched the Aaron Hernandez docuseries? Speaking of dead people, yes. I mean, it's a great segue, Brandon. I'm a professional. Come yep. on. Just speaking of dead people, yes. I mean, what else am I going to say? Oh, hey, by the way, I had some ice cream. Did you watch the docuseries on Aaron Hernandez? You know. Listen, good. as segues go, Brandon, I think that was a astute and uh, just one of the better segues I've had. How about that, huh? That's okay. I'll give you that. All right. But yeah, uh, I, I did watch it. Uh, Tara watched it, the, my fiance. She watched it as well, and you know a podcast ep- – not a podcast, Jesus Christ. I need to stop taking NyQuil too. Um, a docuseries is good when it – say if it involves sports, and Tara's like watching it and is enjoying it because she's not a sports fan. But uh, but you've kind of brainwashed her a little bit, right? A little bit. Yeah. She's coming around Yeah, because she'll, she'll like uh, – we'll be watching games, and she'll like drop a, drop a line that I didn't expect her to drop. Like, yep. Like a first down or like a penalty or something. You know, yep. Right? Coming around, coming around, Look but at um, you doing God's work. Yep, you know, one one person at a time, spreading the gospel of sports. But uh, yeah, I watched it. Uh, I think we pretty much binge watched all three episodes. I think Friday. It was uh, it was rather interesting. Uh, I knew a little. I knew a decent amount of the Hernandez story. Uh, the whole family dynamic involving his mother was kind of like a curveball to Dude, me. Dude, what a shitty mother! But um, you know, I took. The docu-series more as an instance. I, I wouldn't say it was trying to absolve Aaron Hernandez of any guilt with, like, the family dynamic and the sexuality dynamic and the CTE issue as well, too. I just thought it was a bunch of mitigating circumstances, little kinks in the, the, the I guess you could say, accident chain that led to, you know, the murder of Odin Lloyd and being accused <laughs> of a double homicide in Boston. Yeah, uh, I mean, as a Patriots fan, uh, I was in—I was just glued to my laptop when I was watching that. Um, I, I just couldn't believe um, at how deep this uh, this story went. Like, I didn't know anything about his his mother and how shitty she was, right? Um, I didn't know that his father had such a strong, you know, influence on his life. And listen, I grow not growing up, but like, uh, you know, when he was the Patriots, you would read stories about his dad's big influence in his life. But I didn't realize it all fell apart when he passed away. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And there was nobody else there to kind of mentor him. Um, additionally, on top of that, um, his uh, his sexuality like that's something that came out of left field. I mean, I texted you. I was like, wait a minute, I had no idea this was going on. And listen, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and you shouldn't be ashamed of that from what this docuseries is portraying it as uh, as Aaron Hernandez was, uh, because apparently he had a relationship with. Uh, with his high school quarterback, right? Right, and, and like it's, it, they kind of, I, I think the way I took it, they kind of alluded to more, you know, encounters with men beyond just the high school quarterback, like the jailhouse lover that yeah. he was in contact with before he killed himself, yeah. and him being Hernandez. Yeah. And I feel like there was more, you know, instances along the way, even from like the days down in Gainesville at Florida, leading up to um, his time with the Patriots. So. And, and, and it uh, sucked because, like, I'm not listen, I'm not a Patriot fan at all. But yeah. like, the one Patriot I liked yeah. was Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. I thought he was, I thought it was a great tight end. And looking at what he was doing then, and you know, him and Gronk were in the same draft class. Gronk was taken in the first round. I think Hernandez fell to the fourth round. Uh, fourth round, yeah, because fourth, of his issues. Right, and 
I always thought of Hernandez to me at that time the better tight end. Yeah, of course. Out of the two. And you know, who knows? Like maybe, you know, the what if game. Like maybe if dad didn't die, maybe if, you know, there was a stronger foundation in the family, yeah. you know, maybe this ax this, you know, chaos train could have been avoided and he could have risen above it. We'll yeah. we'll never know. Listen, I and debate that docuseries because we could and maybe we should in the off season we should probably talk about it for a whole second for a whole uh, hour but listen I, I don't I don't I don't buy into that I, I know this docuseries is trying his best to paint it as listen he had a issue with the sexuality he needed to show he was macho um, he had issues with not having a strong male figure um, that's why he went out there and shot people up like I, I still believe even though you go through some shitty times you, at the core of you you know killing somebody is wrong Right. You know that. But if you have, I'm not using the CT. Listen, <coughs> the guy killed people and he yeah. was accused of a double murder. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, it is what it is. But when they were saying, I think it was towards the end with the, the brain issue, the, the CTE, like, he basically had no frontal lobe. Like, yeah. the frontal lobe is in charge of decision-making and rationale and right and wrong. Like, did that have an effect? Absolutely. But, I mean, you know, the people around him... It, at the end of the day, there was a baseball player, Josh. Um, oh God, Josh Hamilton couldn't stay out of his own way. Had issues with I actually substance, know who that is. Substance abuse and and all this other stuff. And but he the the teams and the people around him put people in place that could keep him in line. And there wasn't anybody in Hernandez's corner that could keep him in line. You had like this Avery Bradley and then like two wannabe gangbangers that were in his corner with you know doing nefarious things and. You know, but like I said, you know, we, we're on different sides of the river in regards to this. But like a bunch, I took this as like a bunch of mitigating little instances that led to the end of the, the chaos train, which is what we have now. But I thought it was interesting. I, you know, I three episodes kind of a kind of a crazy ride in all in all honesty yeah and truthfully man i, I think they could probably extend this out even longer i think I so mean, too they, uh, plus I'll, actually no i kind of liked it though it was kind of short sweet to the point right um got everything that you really needed out of it um okay cool well let's move on to the first game that we want to recap real quick it's the uh the chiefs beating the titans with a 30 uh, 35 24 final score if i have that correct yep uh now listen i before the game started before the game even played i picked the titans to win um, in my mind, this was uh, no shock at all. I, I thought going in, the Titans were outmatched um, in regards to the Chiefs. Um, ultimately, they lost 35-24. to 24. Now, listen, even at 17-7, like, I knew there was no way that game was over. There was still a long, right. long game to go, right? Um, and I think we talked about this beforehand. Uh, you disagreed with me. Um, they took Henry out of the game. Henry ended up with 69 yards. I wouldn't say – like, he did end up with 69 yards. Yeah. You can finish your point. I'm def I'm going to retort. Yeah. So yeah. They took Henry out of the game um, to the point where they were up so much that they felt the need to throw the ball more. In the second half, he had four yards rushing in total. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, that shows you right there. They went away from the run game, and they felt the pressure for t Tannehill to throw them into the game. Now, listen, Tannehill, uh, listen, he, by, all, by all stretches, he had a good game. 
200 some yards, two touchdowns, 74 QBR, whatever your total was. But good is not good enough um, to go into Arrowhead and beat Patrick Mahomes. That's always been my my defining thing on, on Ryan Tannehill. He, he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. He'll get you a good game here, but he's not going to be able to gun down Patrick Mahomes or some elite quarterbacks. And it was on full display um, on Sunday where Derrick Henry was ineffective for the second half. And and that and that play, and that play uh, touchdown run by, uh, by Patrick Mahomes before the end of the half Broke the camel's back. That was like a soul-snatching touchdown run um, where they went up with 11 seconds left. And essentially from there, those guys just kind of crumbled in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my pushback <laughs> is this. is I mean, going into halftime, they were only down four points. So, like, I honestly think it was more so the Tennessee offensive coordinator and Mike Vrabel that went away from the run more than the Chiefs defense stopping them from rushing the football because – They were down four points going into halftime. Nobody scored in the third quarter. And then the floodgates really opened uh, in the fourth quarter when Patrick Mahomes threw that, like, 65-yard bomb to to Sammy Watkins. But then Tennessee came back and almost made it a game at the end. Like, if they were able to even just get a field goal uh, to to bring it to within eight points, you know, all bets are off. Like, who knows? I mean, anything could have happened. But I just think... I mean, the, the Tennessee Titans, they got up early. We Everybody knew that that was not going to last. Um, Tannehill did, you know, did his thing. He was trying to live off the play action. They went away from the run. But, like, the defense, they kept rushing three. The one time yep. they did rush a corner, yep. they rushed Logan Ryan. He got home. He made Mahomes uncomfortable at times, but then they rushed three. They dropped, like, eight in the coverage. They played zone a lot. And that's when Patrick Mahomes picked them apart with his legs and got that crazy touchdown run. But I thought the Tennessee Titans lost the initiative in this game when it was like the one of the very few stops that the Titans made going into the going into halftime. They got a three and out from the from the, the Chiefs, and Tennessee's offense takes the field and they're rushing the football. First down goes nowhere. Second down, they, they rush it again. And now they're in third and long, and they know you have to pass. And, you know, what's uh, Tannehill tried to throw a pass? It went incomplete, and they had to punt. And it's just like, I thought that was a moment like in Rocky where Apollo Creed is throwing bombs, throwing bombs in the 15th round against Rocky. And you think like it's going to land, and Rocky just keeps getting up and is like throwing his hands up, like, give me some more. And the look on Apollo Creed's face, like, that was the soul snatching moment. Yeah. And I thought that is what happened when the offense came off the field and the special teams came on. Like, they, they cut to Ryan Tannehill, and he kind of looked dejected. And everybody on the offensive side of the ball knew, like, yep. okay, we just yep. opened the floodgates. Like, we couldn't just get a first down to move the football and, and get it a little bit more interesting. And that was when Mahomes got, like, what was it, like a fucking 25-yard yeah. run? I mean, that that was the soul-snatching play of, of, yep. the, of the game. I mean, after that, you can just see it. Um, but I want to get back to that point you brought up earlier, and, and this is my point on uh, Kansas City the whole year, man. Listen, they are so talented on offense. Conventional football philosophy doesn't work for these guys. Ball control doesn't work. Ball control works if you have an amazing quarterback on the other end and Tom Brady who can throw three straight um, first and uh, third and tens in an overtime uh, game to win. You know what I'm saying? But the whole philosophy of controlling the ball doesn't matter for these guys because they need it for 25 minutes and they'll score 40 points. You yep. know what I'm saying? And that's exactly what happened. And I think... Uh, 
the fact that you said that in the second half, they're uh, beginning the second half, they're only down by four points, and the offensive coordinator went away. Why do you think that was? I think he just panicked. I think they were on the road. And why? Why did they panic? And that's kind of a pressure, right? Well, the yeah, they were pressure. on the road. They're in Arrowhead. Yeah. And they, you know, you, you win one game and you go into the playoffs. But, like, exactly. everybody knows. It's not like anybody was denying that the Chiefs couldn't score points in bunches. Like, everybody knew that. But I just think they got away from themselves. And that's what I said in the last episode. If they could stay within themselves, stay true to what got them to this championship game. I think they would be in good shape. I was hedging my bets that they were going to win. Just look at the, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Like, you can look at my bet slips. But I just think that if the offensive coordinator stuck true and realized I'm only down four points. Yeah. I need Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator, to get a little bit more drastic because you drop into zone and you're playing it safe. You need to make Mahomes uncomfortable. We yeah. all know the guy can run. Of course, But yeah. if you speed up his timing, a couple of times he took shots down the field and Mahomes was overthrowing guys. So uh, the Chiefs are getting to a point um, where the Patriots were in, their, in the midst of the dynasty where you apply so much pressure that you force people to make mistakes. You don't make mistakes yourself. Now, they're still a young team, and they do. So that's what I'm saying. They're getting to that point. They're not there just yet. Right. But the Patriots were notorious in the midst of their dynasty to uh, make sure they play good, clean football, put the pressure on you, and then you make mistakes. And that's exactly what happened here, where um, the offensive coordinator just started to go away from his game plan. I mean, he felt that pressure. You know what I'm saying? He, he and <coughs> God damn it. I'm fucking dying over here with my coffin. <laughs> And the other point, uh, the the three man rush. Uh, I don't understand. They what have that no was. pass rush in the rushing three guys. What, what was the point of that? Like, like this upcoming Super Bowl, we're gonna have a great debate, and I'm on the fence about who I'm gonna pick. And the reason why is because San Francisco has a four man rush that can get to the quarterback, and everybody can. Exactly right. Unfortunately, the Titans don't have a four man rush to get to quarterback, and they're rushing three. Like, what are you doing? Right. <coughs> So, all in all, I, I think uh, if you look at the Titans' performance on Sunday, I would say uh, on an overall grade, they played like a like a D game, but coaching was a complete F. Right. All the coaching uh, moves they made or all the adjustments they tried to make didn't work one bit. Right. They hit the panic button. Yeah. And I think that would be the moment where, like, Mike Vrabel would pull the, the guy, the guy's name spacing me, but he's related to the founder of FedEx. Pull yeah, this, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, pull this guy aside and be like, listen, we're only down four. Yeah. We are only down four points. If anything, I would be calling up the DMPs and be like, we need to start taking a little bit more chances on defense. Yeah. Like, I want to get some corner blitzes going. I want to get Logan Ryan more involved. Because a couple of times, like the pass rush, when they did flush Mahomes out, they were just inches away from sacking him. And yeah. then he was able to keep plays alive and rush for a touchdown. But you need to start gambling a little bit. And it's like, okay, I'm in Arrowhead. I'm on the road. I need to make this guy uncomfortable. And if I get burned by Tyreek Hill, so be it. But if I'm able to get to Mahomes on time, I'm going to generate possibly a turnover. It's freaking 11 degrees out without the windshield. You're telling me if I hit this guy, he's going to be able to feel the football Mm -hmm. and hold on to that if I'm laying into him? Mm -hmm. you got to take a little bit more chances. And that was our game plan, uh, the Patriots game plan going into our head last year. We blitzed him. Yeah, we brought the house, man, as yep. many times as possible, and we were hoping Stephon Gilmore in the back end could hold up because at that point they were bracketing Tyreek Hill and they were right. Playing they were bracketing with the rookie. Yeah, so like I'm just saying, I I think all in all for Rabel for as great as he was this year, I think.
think going into this game, maybe he kind of under not underestimate, but I think maybe he didn't think it through as well as he should have. I think he overvalued what the defense did the last two weeks. Yeah. And I think, you know, I love Ray Bull, and I think he's a great head coach right now. But I just think that on paper, if you look and it's like, oh, well, you know, Baltimore didn't really do anything. We made, you know, Lamar Jackson uncomfortable. Well, he kind of made it the game in garbage time. Yeah. Like, you know, Derrick Henry and that offense got you to where you're at. Yeah. Like, this defense has kind of been middle of the road at best where the Kansas City Chiefs were by the end of the year. Yeah. Like, you you need to take a little bit more chances there. Yeah, and and uh, listen, I know um, uh, we'll talk about them in the offseason, the whole Ryan Tannehill thing. I don't think that's today because it's going to be a long debate. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to the next game. The ch- uh, <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, real quick, yeah. though. The the Chiefs defense, yeah. like Frank Clark was talking a lot of shit and really he didn't do a whole lot. But the Chiefs defense was undisciplined at times and gave Tennessee new life. Like they, they kept the drive alive. I think that led to a yep. touchdown. Yep. You know, they need to maintain. They had this issue last year against the Pats. They were one yep. off in, uh, yep. offside penalty away from going to, to the yep. to point. the Super Bowl. I mean, they kept, Chris Jones kept keeping drives alive. I think yep. Frank Clark got called for an encroachment. Yep. Like, you need to tighten that and tighten being like tighten the screws, not tighten up, but tighten the screws for, you know, this, this stuff. You're going in the championship game. You're playing – a, a Mike Shanahan offense that has a lot of movement and pre-snap motions, you need to maintain discipline. And if yeah. you're going to keep giving free five yards, they're just going to yeah. pick you apart. That's a great point right there because I, that came to my attention as well. And if it was a better team that were playing on Sunday, they would have lost that game. Yep. I mean, it happened last year. If the Patriots were in there again this year and they're a better team, they would have lost that game. Yep. If, they're, if, the, if somehow the Ravens were in it and they were in Arrowhead and they made those mistakes, they would have lost that game. Yep. I mean, that stuff needs to be cleaned up because you cannot afford to do that in the Super Bowl against a team that is going to bring it and bring it every single play. Um, okay, we're done with this game? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Next up, the 49ers uh, kind of embarrassed the Packers again. Dude, the Packers didn't get off the bus. I mean, uh, the, 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 the game, the, the box score, for the, if score you didn't again? watch it, it was, like it was 37 to 20, oh, 49ers. It's not even that close, by they, the way. It was 27 nothing yeah. until, like, at halftime. Like, Aaron Rodgers, I think, at halftime had two interceptions to his name. Threw for like maybe 75, 100 yards tops, no touchdowns. A, a lot of the offensive production from Green Bay came in the second half in garbage time. But I mean, this was the Raheem Mostert show. Yeah. I think he rushed for 200, 210, 220 total oh God, yards. An amount, it, was, an amount. it was up there, uh, one of the top amounts ever in a, in a playoff game. And they they just force fed the rush to to Green Bay. Green Bay's rush defense they could not get out of their own way, yeah. and they milked the clock off. And they weren't asking a whole lot from Jimmy G. He only threw like six passes for seventy five yards, zero touchdowns. But like they weren't at. If you're not able to stop the run, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna risk it. I'm not gonna throw the ball until you can prove to me you can stop the run and make this a game. I'm just going to keep running it with Brita and and uh, Listen, Tev- Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. I think I think the Packers should be embarrassed at what they put on tape. They're a 13 and three team that really had no business being in the playoffs. Brennan, there was there was gaps uh, in in uh, on those runs where it was 20 yards before any Packer player even put their hands on the running back. Yeah. And it's like every play they knew. This, they're running it. Listen, da- they're running it at listen, us. I get it. The San Francisco 49er running attack is potent. 
it's uh, it's the outside zone running scheme, right? Where your wide receivers and um, your tight ends make sure they gotta get the blocks and hold them. And Kittle's great at that. And I get all that. I mean, uh, that's just basic one-on-one um, out, uh, outside zone running schemes. But the fact that the Packers defense uh, player, players couldn't get off those blocks and make a tackle, couldn't even get a hand on on the on right. backs. That's that's embarrassing. That like, is so embarrassing. And one of the things that I look back on the year for the Packers is, did we see this coming? Because um, for the most part, they were 13-3. and three. That's a good record, right? But we saw them get annihilated in San Francisco. They're earlier, the second right? most fraudulent team behind the Cowboys. And, and I always say that you can't beat a team twice, and that's why I picked the Packers. But when they're much better than you are, then it's not even a competition right. again, you know? Right, and it's <coughs> it's like Green Bay was returning to the scene of the crime. They lost the first game in handy fashion. Like, what was it, week seven, week eight? It was a primetime game. They got their asses handed to them. And, you know, like, is it time to start saying, like, Roger, how many more excuses can people come up for Rodgers? Like, I think you draft a quarterback this year. I think you have to. I think you do. I mean, it's either that or if you're going to go with Rodgers still, and they're more than likely going to stick with him, you need to get an offensive line because that offensive line could not stop anybody. And, I mean, this is an elite front four, but, I mean, they couldn't they couldn't make a block. The, the, the running back wasn't picking up blitzes. Yeah. Rodgers was under duress all 60 minutes of this football game. And the point, the 20 points that they scored was in garbage time. Yeah. Listen, uh, on in every single position group, I think the 49ers were better except for quarterback. At this point, I'll still give it to Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, maybe wide receiver because of Devontae Adams, but even that's a little bit of a stretch. But... Overall, the San Francisco 49ers, top to bottom, are just a better team. They're a more complete team. They're a more complete team. And on top of that, that front four. It's elite. Is the They're stuff, all first-round draft picks. Is the stuff that scares you. Is the stuff that uh, got the Giants to the Super Bowl from a sixth-round um, seed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This this front four reminds me of that Michael Strahan, OCU Minura front four. Yep. Um, and I think as the Chiefs fan and a Chiefs player – you should be seriously concerned with the amount of pressure they're going to generate on Patrick Mahomes with just a four-man rush. <coughs> on top of that, you have Richard Sherman and that and that uh, defensive backfield holding down those wide receivers. That's going to be an interesting game to watch, man. Right. And listen, I, I think I'm leaning towards the Chiefs, but thinking about it more, man, I think I'm leaning towards the 49ers. I have never been this conflicted on in an NFL Super Bowl in the longest of times, man. Right. I mean, I, I've always gone in saying, oh, I think this team is better. And obviously the Patriots are playing. You know, I got to pick them. But I, I truly have no idea where to go with this. Because right. I can see both things happening. Right. I can see Patrick Mahomes lighting it up. But I can also see that defense is shutting everything down. You know? Right. And, and Vegas feels the same way, too. Because, I mean, right after the game, you, I mean, you texted me being like, oh, who do you think? Who do you have in the game? And I was on the fence with you, too. And I was like, if you held a gun to my head right now, I, I might say San Francisco. But most of the sports books, depending on what you looked at, whether it was Caesars or, or Caesar Superbook or or Westgate or, or DraftKings, the Kansas City opened up as a one and a half point favorite to two point favorites. Yeah. I mean, that's basically Vegas's way of saying we want to make it a pick 'em, but like we can't make it a pick 'em for the Super Bowl. Like we have to tell the public which way you should bet. And it's I mean, this could go in either way, and I'm I'm still sticking with the 49ers. We're going to get more into, into that next week. But uh, the foundation of that pick for me is this is the best front four, front seven 
that Kansas City has faced, not only in the playoffs, but maybe like the last two weeks of the regular season too. I don't think I don't think the Chiefs are ever faced. I don't think Patrick Mahomes has faced this front forever. Looking back at all the teams he's played, um, looking back, I mean, when the Patriots played, I was going to say the closest would be the Pats. But we would bring blitzes from the secondary and from the linebackers as well. Dude, like uh, people just uh, listen. If you're not a football fan, if you can get pressure on a quarterback with just your your four um, defensive linemen, that is an advantage that is unheard of. Right? Like it is. It is like gold. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't properly like you know. Yeah, I mean, articulate it for you guys. Where then on top of that, then your cornerbacks are also elite. Like I mean, there. I think the Kansas City Chiefs have a tough time ahead of for them, man. And if I'm that coaching staff, I'm thinking about putting in some new wrinkles that aren't on, um, aren't on the tape and throwing in a lot of short screens and bubble screens and stuff that gets the uh, gets the ball out to the sideline instead of down the field. Right. Because, because if you have if you have 2.5 seconds in the pocket, you might be getting sacked. Right. I mean, you can rush four, right? You got to figure you're going to double cover uh, Travis Kelsey, right? Or, or Tyreek. Or double Tyreek. Cover? I mean, I'd you, double cover Tyreek because he's much quicker. Right. Tyreek or, or, or Kelsey, and you could leave Quan Alexander in spy and have him just watch Mahomes. Because Mahomes yeah. picked Tennessee apart with his legs. Yeah. Because they only rushed three. Yeah. We, we, beat that, we beat that horse in the ground like a, a few minutes ago, but... The, the uh, an elite pass rush opens up so many more play action play options I should say for uh, Robert Sala in this defense. I tell you what, this Super Bowl is gonna be fascinating because the team, if the 49ers win, they won it because they played great defense and they had a great running attack. If the Chiefs won, they don't have a great running attack. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was the leading the rusher team. last week, right? Yeah. Um, on top of that, their defense, like we mentioned, has issues being disciplined. You know what I'm saying? So this will really tell you what the NFL is geared toward. What's what's uh, what's winning in the NFL now? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and this is a great great test case for that. Yeah. Now it's early. I mean, we're recording on Tuesday, January 21st, but most sports books have the over under at like 53, 54. I, I think it's a little high, dude. I think that's high. I think it's gonna go under. Yeah. I yeah. think so too. Like I'm gonna wait. Like it, I'm not. I'm not even sure if I want to bet this game, <laughs> but like if I am. I'm going to wait until maybe the week up, like next week, maybe Thursday, and see what like the latest over-under comes in at. But I think this game's going to go under. I think 53 is high. Yeah. I think this defense could make things interesting. It could either be a shootout or Kyle Shanahan rushes the ball, drives down the field, and goes down to the two-yard line, goes for it on fourth down. And then they they don't get it, yeah. and the 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 49ers defense just snuffs yeah. them out. Like, like I think that's that could happen. And like the Puma said, we're gonna discuss this in depth next week, and we'll just break down you know player versus player matchups and philosophies and everything else. Yeah. But the two key things that I'm gonna be focused on that just kind of a quick little preview for you guys uh, for the for the um, Chiefs to win is well just in general for the game is can Patrick Mahomes um, you know evade that front four pass rush and get the ball to his playmakers. That's going to be critical. And then can Jimmy Garoppolo um, go uh, blow for blow if somehow the running game isn't available? Right. you got to account for that. And and I think that's going to put it right back into the tight end situation where, listen, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Ryan Tannehill, but is he Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So I, I think uh, that's the two main things you got to watch out for in the Super Bowl in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's going to be... It's going to be interesting to watch. I'm looking forward to the preview and coming up with X factors for each side. And yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be a fun time. We'll do a fairly detailed Super Bowl uh, preview next week. We'll talk about, let's see, what do you want to talk about in, in total, right? I mean, really, so, it's just going to be 
you know, the matchups, like, yeah. you know, how do you think they're going to, like, you yeah. have to pick your poison. Yeah. Well, who on the have, side of the ball? You have to bracket Tyreek Hill. I get it. Travis Kelsey is bigger, faster, or not faster, bigger and stronger, but he's not going to go for 80 yards on, on one play. You take the small 10, 15 yards here and there, and you try to contain him, but you cannot let Tyreek And it's not even go. that. It's the satellite pieces. <laughs> Sammy Watkins led the, led the team last week in receptions. Yeah. And he had like that huge bomb. Yeah. And then what are you doing, Nicole Har- uh, Nicole Hardeman? Right. I mean, he's emerging special as well. teams too. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, uh, dude, I tell you what, the the amount of weapons on that team, unbelievable. Yep. Um. Okay. Cool. Uh, anything else we want to get to, good sir? I think that's it. Let's get you out of here. Let's get your night cold up. I'm gonna, get you ready. I'm gonna go home. And just take in the drugs. I was gonna say you got the final word because as soon as I hit Freddie, you're fired. Yeah. That's a wrap. Let's let's give some shout outs. All right, right. you got shit. You get let's go. Aaron the Vikings fan. Viking fan. Love you, AA Ron. Dan Harris. Dan Harris. Mikey P the Hammer Time. Hammer Time! Mikey P. Oh, Austin. Austin. Austin, Austin is uh he's in our chart sales department as well. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And then he, uh, who's he a fan? Is is he the intern? No, 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 no. Austin works uh in uh, outside uh, sales development. Oh yeah, yeah. You got kid. a team? I don't know. I didn't ask him. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. You're, so he's like, right now, he's like Rob Lowe with like the NFL logo hat yeah, on. Basically, yeah. Gotcha. What is he doing, by the way, Rob Lowe? With I don't know. Team? It's like, I want both teams to win. It's yeah. like that time Tara told me, like, mm-hmm. I don't really have a team. I just want to say go sports. Yeah. And I kind of looked at her like, yeah. I'm about to stab. Yeah. Go sports. Should what we shout out some people in Connecticut as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you got to hit do, up. Uh, Butot. You know, Too Hot Butot. That's that. Got a little guy. Show some love for the Panther Insider. Uh, we got Derek Schwallenberg, D Rec. D Rec. How's the he doing? original, the OG. How's AT Pilot doing? He's good. Yeah. AT Pilot's good, man. He's, he's crushing crushing the flying game and he's yeah. crushing the bowling game with his with his better half. He's he's, he's living the good life. Like, you know, yeah. got, to, uh, got to shout out little, little Jeff. Jeff Moss. Yep. yep. Little, little, Got to show some love for that, too. And, you know, Sarah O, OG of the show, <coughs> fiance Tara, love all y'all. The folks back in the 603, moms, pops. Has has uh, your mom and your dad been happier with our less cursing? Yes, my mom and aunt have. Nice. Uncle nice. Danny yes. kind of misses the cursing a little bit. Uh, Uncle but, Danny, you know, one of these days, keep listening. We'll drop we'll, some We'll do like an uncut episode yeah. just for you. We already talked about Freddie, uh, your boy Josh. Yep, Josh, Haitian who yeah. Has Hudat. he recovered from the Saints loss? Uh, it's been kind of quiet. I went up there like two weeks ago, and we didn't really – I mean, I, I, I kind of made a joke, and yeah. he acted like he didn't hear anything. So yeah, I think yeah. he's still at the uh, REM everybody hurts stage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got um, it. Listen, I'm, I'm there, brother. I feel your pain, man. My team yeah. is already – the playoffs as well you know you know another pilot jason pincus he's an og jason pincus listens yep og he follows us on the facebook group baby pincus hey man great talking to you he's all about the the pfr life bro. thank you for flying us back to boston that one time yes he was a good pilot it was a good time smooth flight yes sir (laughs) yes sir all right enough of the back slap and we good to plug it up you got you got jay you got the final word we good yes we're good all right so this episode and previous ones can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, under Pro Football Radio, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, PFR Podcast, 
I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Be sure to like, subscribe, download, follow. Hit us up on social media for any takes you want us to discuss, any questions. We'll probably do a mailbag again in the upcoming offseason since there's probably really not a whole lot going on up until the draft. Uh, we want to hear your feedback. We want to tailor this podcast this show towards you guys so anything you have is is much appreciated and you know freddie you know i love you i gotta end the show like this freddie soliotis wow wow cool cool speaking of freddie real quick I, i think he's traveling abroad during the super bowl so he might miss the game he might miss that I, I think he's got to talk to his bosses to get out of that. So, first of all, why is he working working for that company if he doesn't? Well, have I mean, s- he's, he's he's working for the man, the the man. Who's the man? The government. The oh. man. The man. Oh. M A N. Period. Man. So he's in the armed forces. I think he's like a contractor. Okay, cool, cool. Well, you know, I can't really get, divulge oh. into much. So he's but a he contractor man. by day. But James Bond, American version by Pretty night. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hold it down I've always thought you're a cool guy, man. Um, don't mark me up, please. Yeah. Don't fuck with don't fuck with Freddy, bro. I already survived one herring death experience. <laughs> he just wants he wants to be the next host. <laughs> Seriously, right? <laughs> All right, let's get know, you some friggin' nightclub. I don't know I'm Mark Man over here. <laughs> My God. Listen, thank you guys so much, man. We only got one uh, two episodes left before the season is over. I can't believe it's uh, it's come and gone so quickly. Um, but we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, via Dios. Oh.